There's something so key about the gospel and forgiveness. There's something so key about the character and nature of God and forgiveness. I don't think we can understand God until we really understand forgiveness. I don't think we can understand the gospel until we understand forgiveness. Hello, Restoration family. Thankful that you could be joining us once again. And um, this week begins our journey through the practice of forgiveness. And so for the next five weeks, um, you'll be hearing teachings on the practice forgiveness. What does it look like biblically to forgive? And then we will begin to journey through uh, what it means to forgive others and also to seek forgiveness. And so thankful that you're a part of this journey. If you are new, this is your first time listening. You are welcome. So glad that you can be here. Just want to encourage you to buckle up and join us on this journey because um, this really is truly a fundamental piece of what it means to practice the way of Jesus. And so um, this week, I'm so excited. We've got Landon Myers and Ron Merrill together co-teaching on um, our intro to this five-week series of forgiveness. So here we go. Shockingly, we are not going to be opening to the book of Mark today. We are starting a brand new series on the topic of forgiveness. And uh, if you're, you're new with us, once a quarter, we do something called a practice. So we take seriously the words of Jesus and want to practice his way of life. In September, we practiced Sabbath uh, for the month of February. Plus today, we're going to be starting our quarterly practice, except the topic is forgiveness. And I think it's going to be something that, that God is going to use in, in pretty transformative ways for us as the body of Christ, for non-believers to impact this community through you as, as God works on this, this topic of forgiveness. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've been nervous about it. I was, I don't know when we made this decision, probably three or four months ago, and, and we've been praying and planning uh, and, and just today, before we started, Ron and I were talking, and he brought up a bunch of things <laughs> that made me feel... I, I apologized. I sought your forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> things I have to uh, continue processing, so it's good. It's, it's really uh, timely. And forgiveness is something that matters so much. I think of it kind of like an anchor in a negative way. It holds us back. It holds the ones that we love back. It holds our community back from experiencing who God is and his love and his design and life. And it's, it's kind of if, if it's a, a body of water, if it's a, a sea, it's a terrifying body of water to dive into because it brings up the past and potential hurts and harms and pain and memories or things that we've done that, that we have shame or regret or remorse over. And hopefully... Though there is fear in that, what we'll see today is because of who God is, because of his immense love that we can't even describe and we try to and, and we sing about it in songs, he's the one that does the work. And so uh, I'm so thankful to have Ron with me today and we're just going to do it a little different. We're going to have a kind of casual conversation rooted in Psalm 103 as we talk about this, this topic of forgiveness. And two weeks ago, because we're going to do this last week until it snowed, uh, we just had a conversation, and it was going to be like a 10-minute phone call, and then we just kind of went on all kinds of twists and turns, because forgiveness is complicated. Yeah, we found out it's a lot more like complicated than we we think, yep. you know? And 
There's so many things that when you think about forgiveness, that, that how you would even define it is probably different compared to the person sitting behind you or, or in front of you. And so it's hard. There's so many like nuanced aspects to, to forgiveness, right? For sure. And one of the things we've been talking about, and this will be kind of the, the centerpiece for this morning, is the difference in biblical forgiveness, which we'll get to, versus what is our culture's concept of forgiveness? And there's probably multiple ideas there. Right, right. And, and just to start, like I need to... I need to, if, if you have a, um, I need to seek your forgiveness for stuff like as we start. Um, but only those of you um, that have a really nice head of hair uh, this morning. I just want to seek your forgiveness and, and, and apologize really because I've been like judging every single one of you with the, the real like hatred in my heart for who you are as a human being. That I don't care if you're male or female, that you have such luscious locks, and I don't. Um, it's, a, it's become an area of resentment, and I need to confess that and seek your forgiveness for secretly um, judging about three-quarters of you here. In the, I'm just, just kidding. But sometimes, I mean, that's it. Like, sometimes there's these, that's like, it. ridiculous... Yeah, that's all. That's it. Um, and let's pray. Go and, uh, that was good, I think right? we're good, yeah. Okay. Um, I just think that there's these deals between when it comes to forgiveness... That even when we and I t- we talked, I think it was hard for us to even begin to examine the vast scope of things that we do to each other or that are done to us. I mean, because some things that that have happened to you are relatively minor, and so when it comes to forgiveness, it's like, okay, gosh, this is a small detail. Why am I hanging on to this? And we know better, et cetera. And then there's other times where um, there's these huge things. I mean, I couldn't even begin to fathom some of the hurts, legitimately horrible, awful stuff that some of you have been through. And then when we think about forgiveness, I don't know, I get heavy hearted because we don't come into it lightly with just kind of a Christian cliche version of forgiveness that just says, oh yeah, we know this was legitimately evil and horrible and it was done to you, but just forgive and forget. Yeah, or get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's not biblical forgiveness really at the heart of it. No, and it, it doesn't work. That's part of, of what Ron and I were talking about. If we have this idea of forgive and forget, you go, oh cool. Then you like try it and you go, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, it just doesn't work. I can't. And I think that's because you're not supposed to. I think as we enter into this practice of forgiveness, there's actually a lot of potential danger if we misunderstand what forgiveness is. God doesn't call us to forgive and forget. That might be something culturally that we hear. The, the other polar I was thinking about this morning culturally that maybe now is a reality is like never forgive and never forget, like for the rest of history. And there's all of these different categories of forgiveness in that spectrum. And so what we want to talk about today is what is biblical forgiveness? What does God call us to? Right. Cause, and, and you know, every single one of you in here, at some point you've hurt somebody else and everybody in here has been hurt by somebody else. There's, when it comes to forgiveness, there's, there's um, a call on our lives to uh, seek forgiveness when we've hurt other people. Um, there's a call to extend forgiveness when people come to us seeking forgiveness, that we would 
that we would forgive. Even just recently in the last year or so, there's been a handful of things that um, have really been hurtful for me. And there's areas that I know I could have done better, but then there's stuff that's legitimate hurt in my heart and my life. What's complicated is I don't even know if the other people or person knows what they did. Now that makes it even more difficult because now they've, they've done something that they've done wrong or sometimes they know, sometimes they don't. So now what do you do, you know? And that's, and that's different than reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation aren't the, the same thing either. And we'll talk about reconciliation later in this series, but yep. we have to, to differentiate and know to forgive is not necessarily a call to reconcile as well. Right. At, at its best, when, when forgiveness is present, then relationship can be restored. But there's a big asterisk there that there are many times in life depending on certain circumstances, situations where it would be incredibly unwise or unsafe for you to get back into some sort of relationship or whatever. Um, And yet that doesn't mean that you have to carry the pain or harbor resentment, you know? And so how how does forgiveness biblically come into play with that? I I have friends that um, before they knew Jesus... Um, they got married, and over the first two, three years of their marriage, they did awful things to each other. They said awful things to each other. It, it was just a nightmare. They got divorced. Within um, about six months of the divorce, the husband came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He then motivated out of an understanding, one, of the gospel, and then two, really, the character and nature of God— went back to his now ex-wife and sought her forgiveness and shared the gospel and she received Christ and then God mended their broken marriage and they got remarried to each other just a couple of years later. That was almost 20 years ago and three or four kids now later and God's really blessed that. And so, I mean, that's like, to me, that's a fairy tale. That's a beautiful, it's a true story, but it's a beautiful truth of what can happen when forgiveness comes to bear. And yet we also know that that's not always the story and that's not always the case. So then what, how, how do we, how do we process that? Much less questions like, can I, how do I forgive myself? Is that biblical or possible? Or what about maybe some of you in here that are upset at God, and maybe you wouldn't articulate this way, but you have a hard time yeah, it's a reality. maybe forgiving God for something you feel like he's done to you. Forgiveness is a huge, nuanced topic. And, right, and we, we've got a lot to talk about over the next several weeks. We do. Yeah. Forgiveness at the end of the day is complex, and so that's why we think we need to practice it, because we're not going to perfect mm. it. Practice goes better with a team. That's why Jeremy talked about the groups that we have this is one of the four times a year I will say everybody should do this. Like, because there's probably two groups of people in here. You're probably either being flooded with, with memories and things coming up, and you're allowing that, or you're pushing it away because you don't want to deal with it. Uh, but I think God wants to move. And so we invite you into that. We encourage you to, 
to launch into this journey with us, not promising it'll be perfect or easy, not promising anything about us or this church or leadership, but promising that he, our God, is faithful. And that's what we're going to root this in. And so that leads me to just what our definition, our working definition of forgiveness is going to be for this practice. And it's, it's this. Forgiveness is releasing myself and my offender from the responsibility of bringing justice and trusting Jesus to handle it. Maybe that's different than how you've heard it, but the the key there is there's this release. I'm no longer taking it upon myself to make right what was wrong. That doesn't mean I no longer want justice. It doesn't mean I don't think certain things should or should not happen, but I am no longer going to hold on to that responsibility, and I'm not going to force that responsibility on the offender. And instead, here's the key, it points to Jesus, and it's trusting him to lead through the situation. And there's this release and transfer of responsibility and trust that happens in that. And so today we're going to kind of just look at a biblical picture of forgiveness. Next week we'll talk about the fact, the beautiful fact that God forgives us Then we'll spend two weeks talking about what it looks like for us and the call God has given us to forgive others. And then the final week in the series, and our practice groups will correlate with all of this, will be on us pursuing, seeking the forgiveness of others and and reconciliation if it's appropriate. So we have a lot ahead in the the next five weeks. We think it's going to be really, really important. And we want to just start it in the scriptures because you can't understand forgiveness without understanding who God is. Forgiveness is directly tied to God's character. And so we're going to look at at Psalm 103. Yeah, there's something so key about the gospel and forgiveness. There's something so key about the character and nature of God and forgiveness. I don't think we can understand God until we really understand forgiveness. I don't think we can understand the gospel until we understand forgiveness. Because judgment is bad news, that's not good news, and broken relationships, that's not good news, that's bad news, harboring resentment is not good news, that's bad news, but the gospel is good news, and right at the core of it is God himself and forgiveness and and grace, and so what what a gift that is, and like it said in the definition, for us to release ourself, the person, the situation, and to trust Jesus to handle. Well, how can I trust Jesus with this thing, with this hurt, with this past failure, with my mistake, with their issue? With How can I trust him? Well, the only way we trust him is to know him better, right? And so today, rather than focus on us, rather than focus on uh, who you've hurt or who's hurt you, I think we're starting with a really important part of what we should do with almost everything in our life. Okay, who is God in this moment? What is he about? What has he said? What's he got for me? And once we kind of have that uh, anchored down, reminded in our own hearts, or maybe learned for the first time, then we can proceed with, um, okay, now me, and now the other person, and now what steps I need to take. But uh, if, if we're going to trust Jesus to handle it, whose very nature, God, we've got a psalm today that just is such a great psalm summing up a huge portion of the character and nature of God 
all centered around his forgiveness. So if you have your Bible, um, open up to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. We're going to be in verses 1 through 14 today of this psalm uh, that really describes the the goodness of of God. Uh, Verses 1 and 2, it says, My soul, praise Yahweh and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. My soul, praise the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. Do not forget all his benefits. We'll come back to that multiple times. But I love that this psalm, like many psalms do, they're worship songs or they're poems that are eliciting praise. And you guys, when it comes to forgiveness, the more that you and I really truly understand how good God is as seen in his forgiveness, there's nothing left for us to do than to praise him. If we really get in our soul the the goodness of God as seen in forgiveness, we'll praise him, we'll worship him right from from here. And that's huge for us. So there's plenty of stuff, benefits that God has given, but especially when it comes to his forgiveness, right? Absolutely. And it's all rooted in who God is, his, his character there. And, and that continues to, to be described beginning in verse 3. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. And then there's this transition from just taking away what is bad, what is unhealthy, what is unwhole, to restoring what is good and right and beautiful. He redeems your life from the pit, and then he crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. I think that's something so critical for us to understand, that God is not just in the business of saving us from hell or removing the bad. Like He made a world, and he said, it is good. He wants to bring us back to that, and he invites us to participate in this relationship of love. So the the why is such an important question, and the why here, why does God forgive? Because he is love, and he wants us to experience that and to have that relationship with him and one another. And so when it comes to forgiveness, the driving force is the love of the Father. Yeah, isn't it weird like how... It's not weird. It's very common. I think I can understand it, but it's, it's uh, so normal for me when I have been, in this case, I've been hurt by somebody else, wronged. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump before I'm calling God's goodness into question. Circumstances are bad. Somebody's hurt me. My first response is, God, why are you allowing this? Or, God, you must not be good if this bad stuff's happening to me, you know? 100%. And you can almost hear the psalmist here self-talking, but very godly sort of self-talk, reminding him. Reminding himself of who God is. Yeah. Which, ironically, I feel like there's two keys, if you will. There's more, but I'm going to reference two to understanding the scriptures, these, these kind of moments that unlock what the Bible actually is. And one of them happens in the first three chapters of the the scriptures in Genesis. And it's just Satan's plan of attack. And it's to question 
to get us, to get Adam and Eve, and now us, the question, who God is? And he said, did God really say? And so all throughout the scriptures, you hear this, remember to God's people. Remember, or do not forget. Like, the Bible says that a lot because we're really forgetful about who God is. And our image of who he is is going to define everything. And so I think you're dead on with that, that when we forget who God is, it really probably makes forgiveness impossible. I think so. And that's it. If forgiveness really is a release and a trusting Jesus with it, then um, I love what comes next in verses 6 through 10, more reminder of the character and nature of God. Verse 6, the Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger, and rich and faithful in love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. Verse 10, he has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. And I thank God for that so much, you know, because I think if I'm going to withhold forgiveness, just if, if you and I got into something and then I'm going to withhold forgiveness, I'm doing the exact opposite of what God did for me, you know, and, and he, he doesn't get revenge. He doesn't repay us according to what we deserve. Rather, God initiates forgiveness. When we didn't have a God thought going through our brain, when we were, While we were rebellious, yep, and he initiates it and, and actually gives us the exact opposite. We, we deserve something altogether different than grace and forgiveness and mercy, and yet that's what he comes with because that's his very nature and character. And again, because it'll continue to build over the next weeks, we're looking to the Lord for our cues, right? And we're a kingdom, we're a people who are under his lordship. And if our king operates this way, then as his people, we should operate this way. So there's a very strong, if this is so core to who he is, then we don't have the luxury to be otherwise. I mean, that's the sanctifying work. It takes time, and it's not an overnight quick thing, and he's got grace. Thank you very much along the way for me stumbling and being too slow to pick up on this, and I have three good days and four bad days, and thankfully his grace is still there, and he's still forgiving through all of that. But his desire is to continue to grow in me this character that looks a whole lot more like him. Yeah. I just, I just had this thought that I didn't share because I just had this thought, so of course I didn't share it with the last service. <laughs> really good at logic and reasoning. I feel like one of the worst experiences in life is being misunderstood by somebody you love. Whether that be a, a child, a spouse, whoever it is. And I don't, I don't know if you've experienced that, but maybe out of love you've done something, right or wrong, but it's been misunderstood in a negative way. And I feel like that's a little bit of what God goes through when it comes to forgiveness. That's why. We read again and again and again, do not forget. Verse 2, do not forget all his benefits. 
Don't misunderstand who he is. As Ron read this in verse 7, he revealed his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. That's a very specific reference. It's not a generic statement. And then who, who is God? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and rich in faithful love. Do you remember we read that together earlier? I didn't plan that. I didn't pick the passage. I didn't know what Jeremy was going to have us read, but it, we read that passage. And I don't say that as like, oh, wow, shocking. The Spirit was moving. Maybe. Here's my point. Just about every two or three pages in the Scriptures, I kid you not, and I've shared this before, you will find that exact quote because it is that second kind of key to unlocking the Scriptures I've, I've referenced. And we've talked about this before, but in Exodus 34, God has just redeemed his people out of slavery in Egypt. He's, he's performed all kinds of miracles. He's denounced the gods of the Egyptians. He's saved them. They're in their desert, and they're, they're going to the promised land. He's, he's proven at every single turn he's faithful. And what do they do? Forget. And Moses is like, God, why did you give me these dumb people? I can't lead them anymore. Please, just give me a glimpse of hope. Can I see your face? And God's like, no, you'll die. And so he goes, but I'll show you my presence, and I'll tell you my name. And that every time you hear my name, here's my character. So this is what you can count on. Here's who you can have faith in and why you can trust me always. And so Exodus 34, beginning in verse 5, becomes the most quoted scripture or verse, whatever you want to call it, in the Bible, by the Bible. That's why Jeremy read it without me knowing. Every two to three pages. So that we won't misunderstand who God is. So that we will not forget his benefits. And forgiveness is is rooted in this. And I want to go ahead and, and read it. It says, the Lord came down in a cloud, stood with Moses, and proclaimed his name Yahweh. For the, the first time God is, this is the second time he gives his name, but it's the first time he's attaching it to his character. And maybe you've heard, if you've been around church, God refers to himself as the I am at different points. I am who I am. You're like, what, in, what the heck does that mean? That makes no sense. Well, he's saying, I am this. This is my character. Yahweh means, and then he goes on to describe himself Yahweh, Yahweh. So every time you hear this name, know this and do not forget the benefits of who I am. A compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger. And that's important. We need God to get angry sometimes because the world, as Ron said, is filled with disgusting brutalities that are outside of his intent. And so God is slow to anger, but he gets angry when he sees the world not the way he meant it to be out of love. And he promises to fix that. Slow to anger and rich. I love that. It's, it's rich. It's deep. It's unending when it comes to his faithful love and truth. This is who God is. Maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations. Hold that number in your head. A thousand generations. Not a thousand people, okay? A thousand generations. That's a long time, and that's a lot of people. Forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion, and sin. Okay, you're about to hear another number. Compare it to a thousand generations. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. And that sounds terrible, but compare it really quick. Hold on. This is what God's doing. There's a tension. We need God to get angry. We need him to pursue justice because there's some sickening, horrible things in this world that only God can heal and restore and handle. We can't. 
He does that to, what, three and four. There's the scale compared to thousands of generations. Our God is faithful and just. He's abounding in love. He's forgiving. He is good. And so when we read in Psalm 103, there's this direct moment. Because the psalm was written in the context of God's people, Israel. Do not forget all his benefits. He is forgiving. He revealed his way to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and rich in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. That's, it's such a great theme to see way back at the early parts of Scripture then you get into the Psalms and they echo it and all throughout the Old Testament. And then you get into the New Testament and then Jesus himself and going to the cross, dying on the cross, raising from the dead. I mean, forgiveness is at the core of even that great act and action. And then from there on, this, this gospel living, these people that have been affected by the gospel, the good news of who God is and what he's done on their behalf, they take on a whole different way of living and a whole different ethic. And I think that's the coolest thing now because for us here, here 2021, we're in this same stream of God's people going, okay, if, if our God, again, if our God is this compassionate, he's going to simultaneously uphold justice, be judge, and we need that, and at the same time, call us friends. And that's made possible because of what Jesus did for us. Because our transgressions, our sins messed everything up and got in the way and broke that relationship. And that's the same thing fundamentally that happens with us when we hurt someone else or, or someone else hurts us. What's that do to the relationship? Does it make it stronger? No, it, it puts a rift in there. And until forgiveness can enter the equation, then the relationship can't be restored. And so what God's done for us now, I mean, now we have the, pra- the opportunity to practice that on an ongoing basis, just day in and, and day out. Let's go back to that definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing myself and my offender from the responsibility of bringing justice. Okay, that's part one. Here's what, here's what that means. We, we quit focusing on ourselves and the offender. And we transition the focus to who? This God, to Yahweh, to the one that's described in Psalm 103, the, the heart of forgiveness, the foundation, the most crucial part, whether it's recognizing that we're forgiven by God, whether it's us forgiving those who have wronged us, or whether it's us seeking forgiveness from somebody that we've wronged. It doesn't matter, whichever way you're looking at it. The key is shifting focus from self and others to God. And, and the last set of verses describes that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, verse 11 through 14. It says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. And here's more of the benefits. Verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I'll say for just a second, that is something that only God can do. When it comes to the forgiveness regarding our salvation 
and the removal of sins, that that's, that's not how we're defined, that's not how we're seen, that's the work of God and God alone. Verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. And that last verse, I I like it because for all the conversation about God and his character and his nature, we get a, a word about us. And yet it's from his perspective. God looks on us and knows that we're his creation. It's another way of saying we're we're dust. But there's fragility to us. He knows that that just our broken nature, you know, we're prone to uh, hurting other people and being hurt by other people. And so what do we need more than anything? Forgiveness, compassion, a king, our God who's slow to anger, our friend who still upholds the justice of the scenario, you know? It reminds me of Jonah, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's such a ridiculous story if you read it all the way through, because we like where he gets in the whale, and then he goes and shares the word of the Lord, and Nineveh turns, and it's Feels good. historically regarded, like, really as, like, maybe the largest um, uh, salvation uh, of a, a mass group of people in history, and we end the story there typically, but thankfully the word doesn't. If you read chapter four of Jonah, um, God's just done what God says, and, and Jonah acknowledges it. Jonah says, "This is what I. This is why I didn't want to go share this message. I knew who you are. I knew who you are. I know you were going to forgive these people who I don't like, <laughs> and I didn't want to go because this is who, exactly who you are." Thank God Jonah's not God. Yeah, and then he, he just whines and complains after watching. And yet that's so human. I have those moments. There's plenty of people that I don't want God to be who I know he is to them because that's my version of holding on to, to justice and not letting uh, the Lord take care of it. And so I'm dust in that regard too. But I love that he removes, with regard to our salvation, he removes our transgressions, our sins. As far as the east is from the west, well, how far is that? Well, they don't meet. I mean, that's another way of saying they're gone, they're taken out of the equation, and God has forgiven me through the person and the work of Jesus Christ and my faith in in him. And that doubles back again to this definition of forgiveness that now sets quite an example for us to follow in our relationships with one another. So what it boils down to is you have your own set of thoughts and emotions and feelings and memories that maybe come into play. The the question is, how do you process it? Process it on your own and by your own effort or with a 10-step plan? Or do you look to and focus, zoom in on, and begin to trust Jesus with that? Uh, Aaron sent me this quote um, from a podcast he was listening to. What's it called? Yeah, the Bama podcast. And a guy named Marty Solomon says this, and I think it's so fitting for this topic. He says this. Did you say Baymax? Like Big Hero 6? What? Oh, oh, okay. Like Bema (laughs) Seat, sort of. Okay, all right. Yes. It's different than Baymax. (laughs) Forgiveness. (laughs) Sorry. 
love him. He was so squishy and I don't even know. What and we're forgiving. About. I'll show it to you. You can okay. come over and watch it. Sounds after good. It. I got. I got plans now. <laughs> forgiveness is so important to putting the world back together because forgiveness is the greatest form of trust. When you forgive, you are trusting that God is in charge of the world. So that's the foundation. That's what this looks like. That's what we need. That's what the world needs. And I want to finish with one other quote. Um, Nancy Collier says this, forgiveness ultimately is about freedom. This is what God actually wants for us. When we need someone else to change in order for us to be okay, we are a prisoner shackled to anger and resentment. So we all probably have some form of anchor holding us back from the life God intended. And he has more. He's good. He's faithful. And so we set our eyes, we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. And I think that's, that's a great place for us to land today because whether you know now, as you've been thinking in the last half hour, you know in particular someone that you've wronged or hurt that maybe in the next uh, couple of weeks or this year, you know you're going to need to go pursue uh, forgiveness, seek their forgiveness. Or maybe you have been hurt and someone has wronged you and you're getting the sense already, whether it was recent or it's a long time ago and you're still hanging on to it, um, maybe um, you're going to have to wrestle with what it might look like to extend forgiveness in a biblical manner uh, to them, we would just say, that's the, the heart. That's, I think, God's heart. But wait just a minute. Um, let's make sure we come back to our, our relationship with the Lord first and know that you can trust Jesus to handle the hurt, the offense, whether it was on your side or theirs, because he is, at his very core, compassionate, forgiving, the very core of the gospel that many of you have received is forgiveness. And so let's just start there with the gospel and with the Lord, and then let him work out in us over the next few weeks, whatever the practical steps need to be. Yeah. We're going to transition and continue to worship in our response as we do Every week, we're going to do it slightly different, though, as we kind of launch into this practice together. I think what we ought to do is just pray and ask that the Spirit lead, that God would overwhelm us with who He is, that He'd protect us, because when we dive into something this significant and, and transformative, we can guarantee and know that there's going to be all kinds of spiritual attack and spiritual warfare, and so... Find somebody next to you. You can pray by yourself, with your family, somebody you know. Do whatever you need to do. Go wherever you can go. But as a church, we're a, a people, a body, united in our following of Jesus. It's not about Ron or I talking or Nate singing songs or something that happens on Sunday. It's about us seeking Jesus and the everyday stuff of life together. And so we're going to do that now just by praying. Take the next minute or two to lift up yourself, to lift up everyone else in this body as we prepare to practice forgiveness this next month. Go ahead and do so now, and then we're going to take communion in just a couple moments.
Father, we come before you humbly, thankful that you are God and that we are not, thankful for who you are. May you remind us of that. May you protect us from forgetting. Father, we ask that you would lavish upon us your spirit throughout this month. Overwhelm us with your love. Protect us from the enemy and his lies and his deceit. Give us strength and and energy and capacity. May you work and move and have your way. We look to you now. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. I really believe that this is going to be an incredibly impactful um, five weeks. And I think it'll carry on with the ripple effect that impacts generations um, as people journey through what it looks like to practice forgiveness. And I got to say already, um, navigating through the teaching um, this week, man, I'm already getting rocked just thinking about places and spaces that I have harbored and held unforgiveness. And that quote um, that Landon mentioned about unforgiveness when we we feel like we need others to change actually becomes a prison or, or chains that that bind us and so um, I was overwhelmed as I, I thought through uh, the bitterness and some of the anger that I've held on to in my life and through my journey and my story of, of things that have been done to me but also things that I have done or, or allowed to happen um, out of my own selfishness anger fear and so, um, yes, yeah, so just, I just want to invite you, encourage you, make sure that you join these practice groups. We've got them um, all over the Prescott Valley. And uh, if you go to restorationaz.org forward slash forgiveness, um, we have groups on Zoom and also all over the greater Prescott area. And so looking forward to what God's going to do through this. And I, my hope and my prayer is that people are able to submit and surrender to his heart and his ways and his will as we practice forgiveness. So again, if this is your first time, please connect with us. Again, restorationaz.org. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, continue to remember Jesus is the only one who is trustworthy always, no matter the moment. So press on as we continue to practice the way of Jesus. 